I got a good goal for you husbands out there, which also includes me. And we're all about goal setting, right? We start some, we stop some, we continue some, some work, some don't. Well, here's an excellent goal for all of us husbands. Stop trying to be a good husband. As Ricky told Lucy in the old TV series in his broken Cuban Spanish, he said, Lucy, you've got some splaining to do. Well, I guess I have some splaining to do as well when I'm appealing to you. Stop trying to be a good husband. Now, no doubt, no doubt, being a good husband is a good goal. I want you to hear that. It really is. Being a good husband is a good goal. Also, you can throw in being a good wife, too. And so, though I titled the podcast a good goal for husbands, stop trying to be a good husband. I wanted to grab your attention. But please, wives, every ounce of this podcast applies to you as well. And you could say the same thing about being a good dad, a good mother, a good child, a good employer, a good employee, or a good friend. All of these roles are important. And one last time, all of them are good. But did you know there is a difference between good and best? And when you think about your life, there is a best goal. And that goal transcends, means it rises above all of those single dimension goals that I've just listed for you. There is a best goal that is better than these good goals. Being a good husband, a good wife, dad, mom, child, employer, employee, and good friend. Welcome to the podcast. I am Ricky, and I've got some splaining to do to you. If you want to read this podcast, I appeal to you to read it, print it off, go to the bottom of the article. Someone sent in a question this week, and they said, how do I print off an article? It's easy as pie. If you scroll to the bottom of the article, you're going to see these three categories, print, PDF, email. Those three things are listed there, and if you click on those, it will take you to the feature that will allow you to choose which one you want to do. You can print, you can turn it into a PDF, you can email it. The gentleman wrote back and he said, thank you, I got it. Well, it's at the bottom of every article, and so please go and you can print it off. And this would make an excellent small group discussion, great family discussion if you want to talk about it in your family. And so you can listen to this podcast, you can read the article. Again, the title, A Good Goal for Husbands, Stop Trying to Be a Good Husband, Jack, thank you for your $150 donation that you gave. Nancy, thank you for your $300 donation. I am so grateful that you're helping us to take podcasts like this and send them around the world freely so that people can listen and the Lord work in their hearts and and do a good thing. It, it does remind me that I had someone write in this week, and it was, it's an anonymous note, and I don't even know who it is, and so that's not important. But what, what is important, I want to read what the person said. 
The individual said, I want to thank you for your ministry. I have been withholding reconciliation from my husband, even though he genuinely asked for forgiveness and has tried everything in his power to reconcile. God used you to convict me of my sin. I am willing to ask forgiveness and do everything in my power to seek reconciliation with him and desire to once again become gospel partners. Love that language. Love this email. I can't thank you enough. May God continue to bless you and use your ministry to transform lives for the proclamation of the gospel and God's glory. That was so encouraging from a, 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 an anonymous person who just wanted to share what God is doing in their hearts. And so, Jack, thank you for your $150 donation. Nancy, thank you for your $300 donation. It helps us to continue this labor of love for God's glory and for the benefit of his body. Now, let's get back to these good goals versus best goal. One of the ways that maybe you can get your mind around this discussion is by thinking about your death, as morbid as that may seem. But how do you want folks to think about you after you die? What would they put on your grave marker? For example, old Biff, he was good at, and then fill in the blank. What? What? Would you like for that blank to say, old Biff, he was good at, and then fill in that blank? For me, I hope it will be some version of this. Old Rick, he was a a good Christian. Simple, right? Being like Jesus is my highest life goal. You could say it this way, and there's many ways to say it. Here's three more saying the same thing. Rick sought the kingdom of God more than anything else. That's Matthew 6.33. Or Rick loved God more than anything else. That's Matthew 22. Or Rick glorified God by his life. That's 1 Corinthians 10. All of these statements will do. All of them encompass this idea of being a good Christian concept. By simplifying your goal to being a good Christian, there is no temptation to divide your life into an extended list of subcategories. I gave you a list of subcategories earlier, a husband, a wife, a dad, a mom, a child, employer, employee, or a good friend. If you have this primary goal, the best goal, and I've simplified it for us, being a good Christian There's no temptation to divide your life into extended subcategories. Being a good Christian is the foundation upon which everything else sits. Let me give you some adverse illustrations. If your primary focus were to be a good husband or a good wife, the temptation would be to place all your energies into being a good spouse. If your goal were to be a good employee, your vocation would get all of your attention. How many men struggle this way? They're good at one thing. It's their jobs. And because they are single dimension, because they focus on this subcategory, the other spheres of their life, well, it just gets second, uh, it gets leftovers. If your goal were to be a good church member, The local church would be your primary point of focus, your time, your energies. How many people have fallen into this trap? They become church-centered to the point to where other spheres of their lives suffer. 
my friend Denton, who currently lives in Louisiana. I met with him this summer. Praise God, I hadn't seen him in 30 years, but I remember him telling me a story in the late 80s. Denton said his daddy was a pastor, and, and they were going down the road one day in their pickup truck in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and uh, Denton, as a five-year-old boy, looked up at his daddy and said, Daddy, too much church, Daddy, too much church. Well, that has that happens to a lot of us when we focus on a subcategory and not the main thing. It's not unusual for a person to have an out-of-balanced life, and that's what I'm talking about. And the way that you get an out-of-balanced life is because you, you focus on these lesser goals as the primary one. The temptation would be to sink all of their energies into one area while neglecting other vital aspects of their life. Moms will do this. They overly focus on being a good mom, but are not that great at being a wife. For example, she loves her children, but nags her husband. Husbands are no different. The man is known for being a stellar performer, as I was talking about earlier, in the office, but a dead at home. These out-of-balance stories are more common than you might imagine. But what if you had a singular goal, a comprehensive one? What if that goal set the stage for you to do all things well? Wouldn't that be nice? If you agree with my premise here, then may I appeal to you to simplify your life by aiming at one thing— to make being a good Christian as your main life goal. The real problem with trying to be a good husband, a good parent, or a good employee is that the Bible is not a book about being those things. Isn't that odd? Flip through each page of the Bible, and here's what you will not find in a chapter titled, How to Be a Good Husband, or How to Be a Good Parent, or How to Be a Good Employee. Why is that? Why doesn't the Bible devote time to this? Because being good at those things is not the point of the Bible. Many parents scramble for the next good book on parenting because they want to be good at parenting. And I applaud the goal. I really do. I'm not poo-pooing books, and I'm not saying that you should just throw them out the window But I struggle with the myopia of the objective. Husbands and wives do similar things. They are in search for the next best book on being a good spouse. It's a good goal. I said that right from the beginning. It's a good goal. But it misses the higher purposes of the Bible. God's Word is not a how-to book on marriage or parenting. It is a book about how to have a relationship with God which is our most critical need. Becoming a good Christian is its point, because the Bible is a book about redemption. God reconciled us to himself through regeneration. The Bible wants us to be good Christians. Or to put it in Bible speak, God wants us to be like Jesus. Consider this. Think about it. What would it be like to be like Christ. I want to give you three passages that outline what it means to be like Jesus. And as you listen to these descriptors, think about I want you to think about two things. One, 
Every descriptor that I'm going to give you describes Christ. Every word descriptor that I'm going to give you is some kind of snapshot of Christ. And then the second thing I want you to think about, how being like Jesus would impact every sphere of your life, not just the husband's sphere, but the dad sphere, the friend sphere, the employee or employer sphere, the church member sphere. And so the two things I want you to think about, each descriptor describes Christ, and then imagine what it would be be like if you were like this and how it would impact every area of your life. Here are the three passages. Galatians 5, you've heard it before. The fruit of the Spirit is, here's the descriptors of Christ, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now imagine those are nine pictures of Christ, not nine snapshots of Jesus. And imagine if if you were modeling those nine things, how it would not just impact being a good husband, but being a good dad, a good friend, good church member, good employer, a good employee. Here's another passage, 1 Corinthians. You know this one too. Love is, here's the descriptors of Christ, patient kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not arrogant, is not rude, does not insist on its own way, is not irritable. Imagine, that's a picture of Christ, a snapshot. He is not irritable. Imagine if you weren't an irritable husband, irritable parent, irritable employee, employer, church member. Resent, not, not irritable, not resentful, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Listen to all those snapshots of Jesus and imagine how they would impact every nook and cranny of your life. Here's the third passage, James 3. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. The word perfect here means mature. You are a mature man and you're able to bridle your whole body. Talking about the words that you use, another picture of Jesus that impacts every sphere. Hundreds of other verses teach us how to be good Christians. I've only given you a few. Imagine if you become what you have just heard in those three passages. If you did become those things, those snapshots of Christ, how to be good at all your other roles would just happen habitually. Because the favor of God would be empowering you toward those good aims. It is better to think less about becoming this or that, husband, wife, dad, whatever, and think more about becoming just one thing. Or to say it better, to become one person, Jesus. Being like Christ speaks to every hat that you will ever wear no matter what that hat is. The title of the podcast is A Good Goal for Husbands. Stop trying to be a good husband. God makes you a good Christian. Isn't this whole concept releasing, isn't it refreshing to know you can go to work tomorrow thinking less about how to be a good employee and more about being a good Christian? And after you arrive home, you don't have to think about being a good husband. Just stay in Jesus mode. This perspective is a one-size-fits-all kind of life. The reason I like this I like it this I like this way of thinking is that I am a I am a simple man. It's hard for me to wear multiple hats, but being good at one thing, that's achievable. 
This concept does beg the question, all right, if I am to be one thing, and that is a good Christian, then how do I become a good Christian? Well, the bad news is that you can't make yourself into a good Christian. Being a good Christian is something God does to you. The word ex nihilo, fancy word, it simply means out of nothing, which is how God created the world. He created the world ex nihilo, out of nothing. As we read in 11.3, Hebrews, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible He created the earth from nothing, which is also how God makes a person into a Christian. You and I are empty and incapable of righteousness. We need someone outside of us acting upon us so we can become good Christians. Paul talked about this inability concept this way in Ephesians. Listen to what he said. Then God, who is rich in mercy, raised you from your death and made you a Christian by the power of the gospel. To be a good Christian requires being made into a good Christian. Your life with Christ was a gift from God, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Before you can become a good Christian, God has to make you one. You can't become what you are not, ex nihilo. Thus, the way you can become a good Christian is if God regenerates you. You must experience a divine act from God, as noted in Paul's text in Ephesians. Only God can regenerate you. If you do not have this gift, it is a colossal misstep to embark on your life without the Lord. You'll be like a car without an engine. Many professing Christians try to be Christians only to find out they have no power from on high to be a believer. Associating with Christianity or going to church, as they say, or doing Christian things as a family does not get you into the family of God. To be a Christian is to be divinely born from above. God grants repentance, and it is the only way you can be a believer. But once you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit. Just as you have earthly parents guiding you along, the Spirit is our divine parent who guides us along. He is our perfect parent who uses the perfect handbook, the Bible, to assist us in becoming like the perfect person, Jesus Christ. As a Christian, you are equipped by the Spirit of God, as outlined by the Word of God, to experience transformation into Jesus Christ. The word Christian means a follower of Christ, a a disciple of Christ. The implication from these benefits of grace, the two benefits that I have mentioned, the Holy Spirit guiding you and the Word of God illuminating and empowering you and the Word of God guiding you, the implication is that you 
are to become Christ-like. Now go back to my premise at the beginning of this podcast. Which is better, to be a good husband or a good Christian? This is not hair-splitting. This is not semantical. Let me, let me ask it this way. Which is better, to be a good husband or to be like Christ? If you are a good Christian, you are divinely empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out the character of Christ in every sphere of your life. For example, if you take the verses that I gave you above, just those three snippets, those three snapshots of Christ, if you lived out those character and behavioral qualities as a Christian, there would be no need to overly focus on your other roles. Let being a Christian bleed through every sphere of your life. I want you to take the Christian test right now. Examine your life with these Christ-like qualities to see how your progress as a Christian is unfolding. And think about how practically possessing these qualities would impact every sphere of your life. I'm going to repeat the list that I read earlier, but I'll just give you the one-word descriptors. And imagine, this is what it means to be a Christian, and imagine if these things were manifested in your life, how they would impact every sphere of your life. Here's the list that I shared with you earlier. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, lack of envy, lack of boasting, no arrogance, no rudeness, selfless, not irritable, not resentful, despises evil, rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, controls his tongue, controls his whole body, is mature. That's the list that I shared. That's what it means to be a Christian. And that is only three verses or three passages of Scripture. My children would love for me to focus on being Christ-like over any attempts to make being a good dad my primary goal. Because here's the thing. They know that if I am Christ to them... They will have an incredible dad. One of my mentors in years gone by, he's in heaven now. His name is Buzz Baker, and he had a tremendous influence over my life. And he said a lot of things and did a lot of things that were so beneficial for me. But one of the things that he said, he used to say, he would say, who can you go be Jesus to today? It's a simple way. He, he was saying what I am saying in this, this podcast. My, my children would love for me to focus on being Christ-like over any attempts to being a good dad as my primary goal. They know that if I am, as Buzz would say, who are you going to be Jesus to today? They know that if I am Christ to them, that they would have an incredible dad if I spent this year focusing on these things, these Christ-like qualities, imagine how it would just totally impact, convict, influence, encourage my children just by being Jesus to them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, lack of envy, lack of boasting, no arrogance, no rudeness, selfless, not irritable, 
not resentful, despises evil, rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, controls his tongue, controls his whole body, is mature. My wife would think it thinks similarly, similarly to my children. If I am empowered by the Spirit of God and seeking to follow Jesus with my whole heart, she knows she has the best man she could ever have dreamed of having. Having, Keep it simple, saint. Forget about being a good husband. Forget about being a good wife, good parent, good child, good worker. Become a good Christian. And you'll be an excellent fill-in-the-blank. You remember what I was saying earlier about old Biff and, and what they would put on his marker? Old Biff, he was good at fill-in-the-blank. What I am saying to you is forget about it. Been a good husband, wife, parent, child, worker. Become a good Christian and you will be excellent at everything. Anything you put in that blank, you will be excellent because it would be impossible to do otherwise. The title of the podcast is A Good Goal for Husbands. Stop trying to be a good husband. And it applies to the rest of you, too. Here's your call to action, some things that I would love for you to think about. And this is the part that you can go to the bottom of the article. If you've gotten this far in the article, you're at the bottom. And what you'll see underneath the call to action, you'll see the print, the PDF, and and the e- email button or the, the icon. And you can click on it, and then you can print this off so that you can discuss to this with your friends. If you are married, then I do appeal to you to share this with your spouse that you do talk about it. And here are some questions that you can talk about after you read and and listen to this podcast. Number one, which do you work harder at becoming? Being a good, and then you fill in the blank. Uh, Being a good mom, being a good dad, being a good husband, being a good wife, being a good employee. Which do you work harder at becoming? Being good at filling the blank or being a good Christian? Being a good Christian. And then after you answer the question, how do you know that your answer is correct? Now, what would be great is that if you're talking with someone about this, have them answer the question. What rises to the top, being a good Christian or being exceptional in something else? Number two, is your life out of balance? Again, ask someone who knows you, someone who loves you, and someone who will not hold back the truth from you. They have to know you. You want them to love you, so they'll be kind when they don't hold back the truth from you. They will speak the truth in love. They know you, they love you, and they'll speak truthfully to you. A lot of people are afraid to do this at this point, and if if two of you are talking at this juncture, then maybe this is something that you do need to talk about. This came up in a discussion on one of our forums. I don't remember where, it doesn't matter, but someone was talking about how they have to refrain from saying some things to someone because the one that they talk to is going to snap back and be angry. And so they can't, they can't have a normal conversation with this individual. And so you want somebody that 
won't hold back the truth from you. Now, maybe they struggle with fear of man. that They are fearful, and they worry, and they don't want to tell the truth. Or maybe you're such a knucklehead that they know that if they tell you what they are really thinking, it's going to blow back on them. And so they refrain because you're such a knucklehead. And that can go either way. You can have the fearful person who doesn't want to speak the truth in love, and then you can have the knucklehead who doesn't want to receive the truth uh, in love, and, and therefore you never really get to talk about this. And so the question is, is your life out of balance? Number three, are you consistently Christian in every area of your life? If not, what area do you excel? In what area are you weak? Are you doing pretty good as a mom? Not so great as a wife. Are you doing really well on the job? Not so well as a spouse. Here's the second part to that question. Will you make a practical plan to change this? And then not just make a practical plan to change yourself, but will you share that practical plan with someone else who can help you to improve? Number four, do you have a hard time being a good Christian? If the Spirit of God is in you and the Word of God guides you, why are you having a hard time? There's only one goal, as I've outlined in this podcast, being a good Christian, but you have a hard time being one. Why is that true? And then finally, number five, will you share and discuss the ideas in this podcast, in the article, with someone? Again, the title of it is A Good Goal for Husbands. Stop trying to be a good husband. I would also recommend that you get my book, Change Me, the ultimate life change handbook that would go along great with this change process. Thank you for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.